is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. I'm Ben Bowden, and you are listening to Simple Rhythms. Simple Rhythms is a daily podcast aimed to give you a simple and steady diet of God's Word and to help us all prepare for this upcoming Sunday's sermon. Today is Friday, and on Fridays we take your questions, and today we have a really good one. It comes from a parent, and it reads, I need some help in teaching my child the gospel. So how do you share the gospel with a five-year-old? Well, this is a great question because um, it it shows that there is such concern with getting the gospel right and, and being faithful in continually sharing the gospel in the home and particularly to the next generation. Well, let me tell you, um, I have, uh, I've had five, five-year-olds in my house. I have two yet to turn five. Uh, so I will have two more five-year-olds at some point in my house. So this is a very personal question for me because I have uh, walked through sharing the gospel. And, and I mean, there's so many things you could do. There's so many things you could say. Things like catechisms. And I've talked about this. Catechism is not something that is merely reserved for the Roman Catholic Church, or the Episcopal Church, or Presbyterian or Methodist. Catechism is just a way to teach doctrinal truths in question and answer form. It's like when we, you know, our children start eating meat. We don't throw them a ribeye. We cut it up in small pieces. And that's what we're doing with theology uh, uh, when we're teaching it to the next generation through catechisms. We're just cutting them up into into bite-sized uh, sizes so that we can eat them and they can digest them. And uh, so catechisms is a great way. And we've got those around the church. You can just go uh, walk around the church and find uh, catechisms. We've got a little uh, booklet for that. Um, Number two, I think just having uh, your children in church over and over at Sunday school and worship service is amazing. Lessons are more often caught than they are taught. You are displaying the gospel in that you are showing... um, you know what 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 gospel centered people do they worship and uh and then they're going to hear the gospel over and over i try to share the gospel every time i preach and and i'm sure that you'll they'll hear the gospel when they're in sunday school and if they come to bible drill on sunday nights so that that pattern of of keeping the gospel or keeping your children in church and and faithful attendance that's a big that's a big thing but if this question means how do I specifically articulate the gospel to my child from my mouth um, in a way that makes sense to them? Let me give you what I have done. And, uh, and honestly, it, it, I've, I've done several things, but, but the, this has been the number one thing that I've done over and over again. And it's tell the story of the Passover. Tell the story of the Passover. The Passover, to me, is one of the most... Uh, powerful and yet it's the it's the one of the easiest uh, stories in the entire bible to tell and it's so powerful because at the heart of the gospel is something called substitu- substitutionary atonement and um and instead of trying to say that word to your five-year-old and to define that and put it in terms just put it in a story in a god uh, breathed story from the bible you know the passover is the most talked about event in the rest of the Bible. So it happens in Exodus, but of course we hear about it all throughout. And and when Jesus said, a new covenant I make with you, that was right on the hills 
of celebrating the Passover meal. So what is the Passover? And so this is what I always tell my children. And if you want to um, know kind of where to go, Sally Lloyd-Jones wrote a book called The Jesus Storybook Bible. I think we've got some copies in our resource center here at First Baptist Enterprise, just outside the sanctuary. But uh, I, I use a lot of her verbiage mainly because, not, not that I was trying to memorize it, but mainly because I've read that to them so much. Um, I just think it's a great way to, to share so much of the gospel and the gospel truth in a, in a story that makes sense. And, uh, and so here's what I say. When God spoke to Moses, he did so through a burning bush. So God created everything, and of course people rebelled and, and sinned against him. But then um, his, his people were in, uh, they were in slavery, and God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. And he said, go to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, tell him to let my people go. And, uh, and Pharaoh wouldn't listen to him, and so God sent ten warnings called plagues. And the worst, or the, the last warning was the worst one of all, and that was that every family in the land of Egypt would have their firstborn child, their firstborn son, die when, uh, on this certain night when God came through the land of Egypt. And, um, but he gave his people, the Israelites, um, a, a clear uh, instruction on what to do so that they wouldn't have their firstborn son die. He said, take a lamb without blemish, meaning it was a perfect lamb. It didn't have, it wasn't a messed up lamb and kill it, take its blood, smear it over the doorpost all around the door. And that way, when God came through that night, he would know that, that uh, the punishment, the judgment of sin, of the sin in Egypt would, uh, had fallen on the lamb and therefore it would not fall on the sun. And, uh, and, and then the next day, all of the people that did that, all of the people of Israel, they woke up and their firstborn son was alive when everybody else in the land of Egypt, their firstborn son was dead. And so then I, I just talk about many years later, uh, there was coming one who was the son of God and he was also called the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world because he died so that we would not have to. He died so that judgment would fall on him and not us. And, uh, and of course, John, John 11 says, um, anyone who believes in Jesus, though he die physically, yet he will live spiritually and one day even physically with the resurrection of the dead. So that's, that's kind of, I mean, you can see just in a few minutes, that's what I've shared and depending on the five-year-old, I, I don't, I maybe go a little more into detail or a little less into detail in, with what I just did. Again, Sally Lloyd-Jones, Jesus Storybook Bible, has this story in there. And then at the very end, it has a Christ connection. And it's so good. And it's so helpful in explaining the gospel. Um, what I always tell parents when they're thinking, maybe my child is ready to be baptized. They made a profession of faith. I always say, They've got to have a running knowledge of four concepts. God, man, Christ response. God, God is creator and uh, the one responsible for our souls. He, he also is the one that we've sinned against. That's man. Mankind is made in his image, but we've sinned against him. We have rebelled against him. Christ is our 
Savior. He's the one who died in our place for our sins, and he rose again from the dead. And the response is faith and repentance. Those are two sides of the same coin. Faith is believing in Christ, staking your eternity on him, and repentance is, means you're not trusting in anything else. You're, and, and you're turning from that, turning to Jesus. And so what I always tell parents is, you know, your children may be able to say the right thing. What you want to do is have your pulse on their heart. You want to look at not only are they obeying, but look kind of beneath that. You want to shepherd their heart. Why are they obeying? And because it could be that you're raising good little Pharisees, um, and obviously that is not the goal. If they're extremely rebellious, it could be that that uh, you're raising the the you know that they're prodigals, and but they'll they'll come back if you uh, give them. You know, you pray and keep preaching the gospel. The gospel is the power of God to salvation for those who believe, and so. Um, I wouldn't look merely at behavior is my point in all this. You want to look at the heart. And parents have a greater insight into the heart of, of your child than anybody else. You can kind of see and understand a little bit about the motivation behind the behavior. And when you talk to them about uh, their, their good things that they do and the bad things that they do, talk to them about the sin underneath the sin and I mean, he, the Pharisees, they were indicted with Jesus' words. These people worship me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. So we don't want that. We, we want genuine God worshipers in this, uh, in this church and in, in our homes. And, uh, and, and that takes time. And so don't get impatient. Parenting is not for wimps. <laughs> it is a long process. It's a, they're a work in progress just as we are. And so keep pressing the gospel into their hearts and into their lives and into your home and watch and see how God blesses you in your home. All for the glory of Christ and all the earth. I'm Ben Bowden and you will, we will meet again next time on Simple Rhythms.